From Real Ghost Stories Online, it's another episode of our radio program. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Thank you so much for joining us wherever it may be. iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, whatever platform it is you listen to us on. We thank you so much for finding us. And of course, we thank you in advance for sharing the show and giving us some love on those platforms. iTunes, some stars, some reviews. If you like the show, please do that. I can't even believe how much that helps us, that that uh, five minutes or five seconds it takes you to just click a couple stars saying you like the show helps us tremendously. So if you're a fan of the show, you listen to us on iTunes, please do that. Stitcher, YouTube, same deal. A little bit of love there. Very, very helpful to us and uh, helpful to you too because uh, that's how more people find, about, find out about the show and that's how we get more ghost stories to share with you every single week makes it a better show for everyone if you have a real ghost story you want to uh, let us know about it the phone number is 855-853-4802 855-853-4802 you can write into us on our website realghoststoriesonline.com all right ready for another uh, episode here always ready yes ready to be freaked out and have nightmares yep this is like my version of riding a roller coaster it really kind of is because you never know what you're gonna get. Sometimes yeah. they're like really good. They're like the other one the other day with the uh, the, the, the zombie, zombie clowns. Clown. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like so messed up. <laughs> and again, it was one like I thought was really not going to be that great just because of the title. I'm like, eh, this is going to be hokey. And it was like the spookiest story I think I've ever heard. Did it freak you out that show hasn't even gone live yet? And my mom brought you a clown today. She did. You're right. Because we do do these shows, you know, in a little bit in advance. And at the time of us recording this, it it's not out there yet. But yeah, your mom brought us a clown. Mm-hmm. No, uh, she brought you a yeah, clown. Yeah, me a clown. Yeah. <laughs> a blown glass clown. Found it at the flea market. And like, oh, I can appreciate the craftsmanship on this, but it is a clown. And uh, yeah, so she can have that back. You you said earlier, you know. Well, she wants it back. Will if, she if be you insulted don't want if it. I don't want it? No, no. Okay. I think it'll be fine. Okay, great. She can have it back. Okay. Can I gift it to her for like Christmas or something? Sure. Okay. Why don't we do that? I think that'd be a nice little... There you go. Pass okay. the clown. <laughs> 855-853-4802. If you have a real ghost story to share with us. Uh, John... I don't know what this person's name is. Justice, I think, uh, wrote in on YouTube. Uh, oh, it's a username. That's why I can't understand what the hell it is. <laughs> J-S-U-I-S. Jisius. Maybe it's... I don't know. It's a username. Uh, we're at, uh, in re- this is in re- uh, reply to what we're talking about today with uh, Wisconsin and some of the weird stuff that goes on there. Because I'm from there. And uh, we were talking about Goatman yeah. the other day. Um, how did we even get into Goatman again the other day? A lady from the Racine area wrote in and told us about seeing the footprints oh, in the snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hoofed footprints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then in a previous episode, we had uh, talked to uh, Nathan, uh, who uh, is the author of uh, the Goatman book. And uh, this is in reply to that. It says, Wisconsin is such a weird place for unidentified animals, particularly werewolves, which I think are silly. This is what they're saying. And I happen to agree. Growing up, my parents would take me to South Dakota to visit relatives. They're from my mother's side. One family had adopted her father as an infant in the 1920s. The interesting thing is that they are Mennonites. I see a lot of them now, even where I live in Minnesota. But at the time, I rarely saw any outside of the community in South Dakota. So at the time, I thought they were relatives. 
relatively private people. She's talking about Mennonites, not werewolves here. Uh, We were visiting one of my mother's aunts in South Dakota and stayed late the night. We drove back to a hotel with the bright moon high in the sky. I was young and tired, lying down in the car's back seat. When my mom yelled uh, in surprise, she and my father had seen a large dog-like animal cross the road. They said that it looked like a German shepherd in the shape and color, but had long hair and was large. My parents... And I like to joke around with each other, so I made up a silly theory for a laugh as to what it was. I said it was a werewolf. The werewolves live in a large pack and relatively scarcely under the guise of religious freedom, which you can't argue with. So uh, they're, they have safety for the most part. My parents asked around the next day, and nobody knew of the dog that looked uh, like that in the area. I don't think it's true, obviously, but I thought it was funny to me at the time. So, I don't know. I don't really go into the whole werewolf thing. Do you? Do you believe in the werewolf? No, I really, I don't. That one's far-fetched. It's kind of like, it's kind of like zombies, or not zombies, but vampires. I, I'm i yeah. just, I put there, them all in that same There are certainly group. nutty people out there who get some sort of kick out of drinking human blood. But I think that's more of a mental issue than anything else. Yeah. I think there's something probably wrong with you mentally if that's what you're getting into. I think if it's a choice, then it then it's it's not a vampire, you know? No, no, it's not like they're, you know, from the turn of the century and living in a castle and they're mm-hmm. living on blood and never die. No, they just have some sort of weird disposition and they get a, a weird kick out of drinking human blood. Sure. That's that's a mental illness. That's not being a vampire. No. Um, the, the werewolf thing, I think... <sighs> I guess it kind of falls in... To me, I throw that into the Bigfoot category. Oh, but see, I believe in Bigfoot. So you should believe in werewolves, too, then, but shouldn't I, you? Okay, Same well, sort of deal. But I don't believe in werewolves because isn't a werewolf technically somebody that changes from like human form into a werewolf and then back? I don't know, technically. I mean, I think a werewolf is really something that's like half dog, half human, not necessarily the Michael J. Fox version. Okay. I don't think it's necessarily Teen Wolf. Okay. I think it's more so... Uh, like a Bigfoot, but a wolf. Like a Bigfoot's kind of like a monkey human mm-hmm. um, or a gorilla human or something of that nature. Um, and I think uh, the werewolf is kind of like the dog human. Okay, the reason I didn't believe in werewolves is because I always identified that as the, like the teen wolf sure. character where it goes from being able to transform between human yeah. and Or like Thriller, canine. the Michael right. Jackson, yeah. Right, yeah. but to me, I think I, I can kind of get into the Bigfoot idea because I think of that as like a species we haven't identified yet. Sure. Not something not that changes pa- back and not forth. Not necessarily a ghostly paranormal thing, just some sort of species we've never heard of before. Right. Okay. Yeah, and you know, I don't I don't say I wouldn't say that's impossible. Um the werewolf thing though, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not on board with werewolves. I don't know. There I, I think if if anything, there are so many mangy dogs out there and mangy uh uh, coyotes out there. And some can get pretty damn large. Yeah. And I think that's what I think disturbs some people when they see a very mangy, scary-looking coyote. Um, they think werewolf because they're usually in areas where wolves are not necessarily at. They can look kind of like a wolf uh, if they're, depending on their condition, 
Um, and I think, you know, just like people, you can have abnormal sized ones. Well, you and I have heard the coyotes out behind our house. Yeah. And one day I actually saw two of them sure. running through the field. They're big. They were the size of huskies. They were not yeah. like your normal coyote. Yeah, they look like wolves. Yes, they yeah. did. So I think that's, I think sometimes when people think they're seeing a werewolf, I think they're seeing really mangy coyotes. Could be. So that's just my theory. Uh, 855-853-4802. If you happen to disagree on that and you have a werewolf story, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, here's another thought on the werewolf thing. Uh, when people are seeing really dark demonic type animals like the hooved animals and the weird things like that, I think that sometimes falls into the werewolf category where it, I, you know, it's not necessarily a real animal. It's it's some sort of being. Or like the the canine type animal that sometimes people experience with sleep paralysis. Yeah, that sort of deal. Okay, that I would believe. That I would but believe. not a werewolf. Maybe projecting itself because it knows you fear mm-hmm. that concept. But not a, you know, living creature that's out there having babies in the woods. Right. Yeah. You know. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. A, another uh, comment here on YouTube uh, on the show. It says, hi, I'm from Guam. I recently started listening to your show. I've always been interested in paranormal activity, but unfortunately have uh, experience, have never experienced anything. On Guam, we have spirits uh, that we call, I'm going to slaughter this word, uh, Tadomonanas, uh, people from the past which are the ancestors of the indigenous people of Guam, known as, another word I'm going to slaughter, Chamorus. Guam was under Spanish rule in colonial times for a little over 300 years, of which much torture, what? Nothing. Oh, I thought you were, were you? No, I just had Oh, I thought you were, uh, uh, had something to add there. No, I'm I just sorry. had an itch. Okay, sorry. You're not allowed to itch anymore. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Guam was under the Spanish ruling colonial times for a little over 300 years, which much torture and genocide was committed. Origins of Chamorus date back a little well over 2,000 years. It'll be great if you guys consider reaching uh, or researching and featuring this on your show. They are known to leave red marks or handprints that are visible but painless. A touch alone can make somebody very ill, and in some cases in Western medicine, deem the diagnosis unknown. The ill must seek help from a witch doctor. If treatment is not sought right away, the sickness may worsen into immobilization or paralysis, and in some cases, death. Uh, there's actually been featured on Sci-Fi's Destination Truth, but was portrayed in a completely inaccurate way. Thank you. Sorry it took so long. I uh, hope you read this comment. Love your show great way to fall asleep there you go okay you know i think sometimes honestly when uh when people are going to countries i don't know like guam uh and they're not from guam and you're going into uh areas and maybe you haven't uh, gotten all your vaccinations and things of that nature i think it really kind of depends what belief system you subscribe to but i think a lot of times you could be very easily getting diseases that you're unaware of or that you've never been exposed to. And the indigenous folks there may be telling you, oh, this is some sort of curse, you know, that you have gotten, or you just may not, you know, you may be getting some sort of bug. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I think this has been going on for a very long time Mm -hmm. that they've had this. And, you know, getting your vaccinations before you leave, that's a modern thing. That's not hundreds of years old. Sure. And 
I would say it's probably pretty easy to rule out if it is a vaccination, not vaccination type issue. If you get out and go to modern medicine, not to the witch doctor. Okay. You see what I'm saying? I think if you go to the witch doctor and you have something, the witch doctor is going to tell you that, you know, you were cursed by something where it may have been bit by some sort of bug. I don't know. That's kind of my take on some of it. I'm not saying all of it, but I'm saying it's kind of like the carbon monoxide thing. Okay. Well, maybe we need to do some more research because that's something I have never heard of. Yeah, either have I. Just my gut instinct on some of those cases. Well, send it to me. I'll do some research okay. and see if I can find some creepy stuff about it. All right. 855-853-4802. Uh, Tula B. writes in with regards to the 2,000-year-old ghost. I live in Chester in the UK, and we have a Roman ghost soldier that can be heard and seen in various places throughout the city. I haven't seen or heard it personally, but there are plenty of documented reports. Chester is a very haunted city. Someone else commented on here about EVPs on your other episodes, and I have to agree... By that, I mean I have heard a few things that weren't you or your wife. Really? What other ones? I don't know. All right. Tell us what episode and what time, and we'll go back and try and figure out which one of us burped into the (laughs) microphone. And for the sake of my sanity, I'm hoping that's what it is. Okay. Because we talked about this already, the other episode. uh, This was the one with the hot tub ghost. And in the winter, and, okay. and I, I've already determined that was me. That's the snow demon one. Snow demon. That is the creepiest sounding thing I've it ever is a heard. Cre- and I've, there's like 10 more posts already today saying what people are thinking it's saying, when it's really just me going... Okay, what uh, do they think uh, it's saying? Oh, God, I don't even have it up in front of me right now. I, I don't even know off the top of my head. I was reading them earlier, and I'm, I was like, bravo for investigating this, folks, but it was me. It that's was some real paying attention right I there. love it. I, I mean, think that's great. But if there are other places, which this seems to insinuate that there's other places that people have heard other EVPs on the show, uh, let us know, because I'll go back and listen. I'm not adverse to saying that there hasn't been or won't be EVPs picked up on the show. See, here's here's one of my fears is that we are stirring something up. I don't think we're stirring anything up. I'm okay. just saying, uh, especially in past shows, because you know, what's done is done. But if somebody has heard something that we have not caught, I'll be more than happy to go back and listen to it, and we'll see if we can catch an EVP. But that last one with the ghost demon, I can assure you, was not an EVP. It sounded like one. I agree. It was creepy. But it was just me not getting my word out of my mouth quick enough. Okay. And kind of slowly mumbling, crackling my voice into the microphone. But if you got other ones, I'd love to hear them, because I... There's no one else who would rather find an EVP on the show more than me. Just open Pandora's box while you're at it. I am. Jeez. Well, I just I just don't want people to think I'm like discouraging them or saying that, uh, you know, bullshit to everything. No. No. I because I, I just I'm sorry, but that last one was sounded like it, though, but it was not what it was. Uh, also, I listen to your show in bed with headphones. Sometimes I do fall asleep while listening, not because the show is dull or anything, just because I'm normally pretty tired. Anyway, I've fallen asleep while listening to the Ghosts of 9-11 episode on three separate occasions, and on each occasion, I have woken up at the exact same time when the EVP is played. Okay, mm-hmm. that we okay. have not heard of an EVP in that episode yet. Yeah, we, well, no, no, this is the EVP in that episode. Remember we played the EVP back? 
that's the ghost of 9-11 yeah. show is that the same show this is a different this is the the show this is not the show where they thought i was the evp oh, this is the 9-11 ghost i ep- you're right yeah. okay uh where there it was an audio from the documentary right that we played back you didn't want to listen to it uh, remember that? That's why I don't remember that. Yes, okay. that's why you don't remember, because you took your <laughs> headphones off. That's right. She says, I can't explain it. Keep up the good work. Love the show. Um, so that's interesting that she'd be woken from her sleep at the same time every time the uh, EVP is played back. Well, like 3.15 in the morning every time? Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> Three o'clock is the witching hour. I know. Way. Are you aware of that? Yes. Okay, yeah. I'm always paranoid when I wake up at three and have to go to the bathroom. I'm like, I'm just going to wait till four. <laughs> just going to hold <laughs> and it. I wake up in a puddle. No. <laughs> um, so, well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's interesting that you'd be woken up to that EVP. And you know, the funny thing is I don't hear it in that that audio cut. I've had plenty of people say, I hear it clear as day. It's kind of like those dot pictures. Remember the 3D mm-hmm. pictures that were computer generated in like 1992 that were in all the malls and the kiosks? Mm-hmm. And everyone would just stand there and stare like, oh my God, it's a dinosaur. Okay, here's, okay. That's how some EVPs are. It's like, sit there and listen to it. And go, oh, I, oh my God, there it is. I still don't get it on that one. Maybe I should listen to it and see if I get anything. Because... I've had experiences, whereas you have just hoped for experiences. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's people that are sensitive that are picking it up and people that aren't uh-huh. as sensitive aren't. Well, I don't have it handy right now, so I can't play it for you right okay. now. Okay. Oh, shucky darn. You want to, well, I can dig it up. <laughs> dig, no, okay. We can, uh, we'll listen to it off there and you can tell me if, uh, what you think it is. Okay. Right before we go to bed. Uh, phone number is 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in with your real ghost story. Here at Real Ghost Stories Online, where we like to hear fun ghost stories of the afterlife. That was kind of friendly sounding. That was. That was nice. Uh, let's go to a caller from 855-853-4802. Hello. Hi, Tony. This is Beatrice. Um, calling with a story that happened to my best friend in Guatemala, Central America. And I remembered it because of the show you did about haunted antiques. In Guatemala, a couple of years ago, um, maybe more than a couple, around 10 or 12 years ago, they decided, and by they I mean local vendors, to stand on street corners with what apparently were antiques. Although upon close inspection, you can see that the wood or the metal that was used to make these so-called antiques were just really weathered out and not antiques per se. But the story is that my best friend and her family used to live in a zone called Zone 7, which is um, built upon one of the biggest Mayan cemeteries called Caminal Huyu. And they had a very rough time with um, spirits and poltergeists in her home. And it got so bad that one night her family decided just to move out in the middle of the night. Her mother basically sold the house two days later and uh, they bought an apartment building in another area, Zone 15, which was basically new. It wasn't 
any of the old spots in, in Guatemala City. So they were relieved because it was a spanking brand new apartment. But her mother, when she was out shopping one day, spotted a beautiful Virgen del Cobre, or uh, the Copper Virgin, which I believe is Cuban. I'm not sure about that. And she decided to buy it on the spot. She haggled with the vendor and she brought home to the new home this um, supposedly antique statue sculpture in wood of a virgin. She put it in the foyer of the apartment and it was practically that same night or the next day that things started happening in this apartment again. And the whole family like, oh no, I mean, we just, were run out of our home because of something similar and it followed us home you know it followed us to the new place this this can't be going on so it was basically they would see shadows in the living area they would hear footsteps furniture would would sort of be rearranged and it was just really in the living room dining room area which of course the foyer opened up into they had no other resource then to call a priest, a very famous priest in, in Guatemala who is, I believe back in those days, the only one that had permission, license, certified, whatever it is they get, to actually perform exorcisms. So they explained the situation to him and it wasn't immediately that he came over, but. When he finally got around, he, he walked into the home and said basically that there was um, a demonic presence, that it didn't belong to the apartment, and it didn't belong to the family. It wasn't following the family around. So he basically asked, I guess, what is now known to be common questions. Um, have you had any strange visitors? Have you recently acquired an, an antique? things like that and then finally her mom remembered oh you know i did buy this statue of the virgin of the, of the copper virgin and uh well it's an antique but it's a virgin i mean it's, it's it's a religious icon it can't have anything bad to it the priest took it and immediately said no this is a religious icon but um devil worshiping groups or black magic witchcraft which is very popular in the tropics more than what you would think it is this has been used this statue has been used in in some sort of witchcraft slash black magic ritual and uh, whatever they conjured is uh, attached to the statue so he basically asked if he could you know take the statue to cleanse it they of course said yes take it he did a cleansing um sacrament or ritual in in the apartment and he took the virgin and i think basically it was that the statue had to be present in x amount of masses and uh then it would be clean so he took the statue things seized immediately and after the statue had been cleansed he offered to return it but her family said no 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 you can keep it and um, actually the statue is still at the church where it was taken to be cleansed so yeah antiques maybe will have a haunting attached to them or a presence attached to them 
but not always because whoever previously owned them was very attached to them in life, but because there are other forces, you know, you can believe that or not, uh, that come attached to things, objects that have been used for other things. I mean, if I could tell you half of the stuff I saw and or heard while living in Central America for a spin, that would hair, you know, that would that would totally raise your hair. Okay, well, I hope you can use this. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Yeah, call us and tell us more. Yeah, we want to hear more about that. I don't think I'm uh, one ever to really want to buy, even if I did want to buy, I don't think I would be buying religious relics that I don't know the history of. Really? Of any sort. You know, I mean, they, I don't know. They just kind of give me the creeps, no matter what. Even, no matter what the imagery is on it. It can be, uh, you know, a manger scene half the time. Unless I know where that came from. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Because there is that out there. Mm -hmm. There's, there's, you don't know what it's been used in, where it's, you know, been, and I don't know. It could have been used in a lot of dark places, just like this, where it was, you know, the Virgin Mary, uh, you know, seemingly innocent, good figure. But yeah, those can be used in a lot of dark, you know, type of rituals, you know. I, I do know the history of the uh, the manger scene in our house, and that's very old. There you go. But it was given to me by my grandpa, and it was uh, pieces that he went to the dime store and collected as a boy growing up. So it's it's like, okay, it was, you know, from Woolworths, you know? Sure. <laughs> Essentially, piece by piece. I don't think there's too many satanic rituals going on at Woolworths in, you know, 1930-something. So, um, yeah, that just kind of creeps me out when, when you hear stories of that. There was a uh, uh, a case uh, in, in Wisconsin. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, I learned about when I went on a... And it's actually in an episode. We actually have the audio in a previous episode. It's one of our first episodes on the show. It's me and Chad Lewis, and uh, he's a paranormal investigator up north in Wisconsin. And it's us walking through a cemetery. And uh, we go down into a, uh, a dark wooded area at night, and there's a grotto, essentially. It's all the stations of the cross, and it's these giant rock altars that had been built and this was set up by a church that was really nearby and this was set up you know probably in the 30s or the 40s or something and it was supposed to be this nice little kind of nature walk and you could kind of be at peace and go through and pray or whatever as you go through and um you know make you know either pray at these altars or whatnot it was it was not it was a catholic thing it wasn't meant as anything bad okay okay well, needless to say, it's out there in a public place, uh, and it turned into something bad. Um, at night, in the dark, uh, there was all these reports of, like, satanic rituals being performed on these altars with these figurines, just like this lady described here in this uh, story. Um, and they started having all the vandalism issues and just negative. It was just, it was a bad deal. So... The altars are all still there because they're rock. So okay. you're not really going to knock them down very easily. Um, but uh, all the figurines the church took and they blessed them and buried them. Okay. Um, they didn't like go and sell them at the church rummage sale um, for that reason. Because they had been used inappropriately and could probably carry um, whatever the hell you know attached itself to them. 
Um, but the altars are still there, and that was one of the creepiest things I ever saw when I came up a town, upon one of these altars in the dark. I wish I still had these pictures because I took one and it snapped, and the image that was captured just simply in sticks on the altar spelled L-I-V-E. Somebody wrote. It was so Blair Witchy. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, the digital camera I was using died pretty much at that exact same time after I took the first picture. There you go. I charged it and everything, too. It's just how old we were doing it. We were recording this on mini disc. Um, Luckily, that did not die throughout the recording of the event. Um, Anyway, you can listen to that whole uh, episode. This is something I recorded uh, about 10 years ago. Um, but I've kept the audio and thought it'd be fun to share. But it's uh, one of our first or second episodes. I believe it's called Graveyard Ghost Investigation. Okay. But it's uh, it's creepy. Yeah. So there's a little more information for you on haunted figurines uh, of the church. Uh, 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. The Virgin Marys in bathtubs in people's front yards also creep me out. Really? I never liked those. You don't see that around here all that much. But in other parts of the country, you, see, you know what I'm talking about? The, I've seen the religious figurines in front of people's homes, but... Yeah. Well, what a lot of folks did up north, uh, it's... Because um, there's a lot of Catholics up north. Sure. And the Virgin Mary is a very common one, at least in folks like our grandparents' age would have them, you know, in their yards. Um, but what they would do to kind of make a, um, a little... Uh, almost like a dome around the, uh, the Virgin Mary is they'd take an old bathtub, bury it into the yard... So it kind of domes up around, and they put the figurine in it, oh. and it's just dirt on the bottom. So it's like half the bathtub sticking out of the yard, and you don't know it's a bathtub. You just see this kind of dome around the Virgin Mary, and it kind of protects it from the elements a little bit. Huh. <laughs> okay. Ever hear of this? No. Oh, yeah, that's a common thing. Although later, you know, now it's probably you can just go to the store and get a concrete something. But that's what a lot of folks do. It's funny. There you go. Uh, 855-853-4802 for your real ghost story. This one comes to us from Francisco Javier. He writes in, I wanted to tell you guys love the show, and I love to hear every new episode and the previous ones. And this is my story. It's back in 2010. I was in Mexico. I still remember this as if it was yesterday. Gives me the chills as I write about it. My sister was pregnant and had to go to the hospital, so I was home alone It was around midnight. I was on the computer doing my usual Facebook, YouTube, regular stuff, like every day. But today was different. The computer was on in the corner of the room. My older brother had come home to visit me in the afternoon, so he pulled a chair next to the computer. We were checking videos on YouTube. Everything was fine until he left. Started to hear noises, but didn't pay much attention because of what I was doing, so I ignored everything. After a while, I was getting sleepy and decided to call it a night as I was closing everything. I had a chill coming down my back and something made me look right where my brother had left the chair before he left. There was a figure of a girl with long hair around 8 to 11 sitting next to me in a long dress like the ones in the early days. She was smiling and the way she looked at me was like when little kids in elementary pay close attention to the teacher. I can't lie, I was so scared I didn't know what to do. I kept looking straight at her, but then I looked away. I stayed on the computer afraid of what I had just seen. I tried to grab the courage to push the chair as hard as possible without looking. I didn't look if she was gone, but the image of the little girl was stuck in my head and I didn't sleep that night. My sister arrived around 9 a.m. and asked me what I was doing up on the computer and I why I looked scared and tired. I told her about the incidents 
and laughed, saying, maybe it was my head playing tricks on me, or maybe a horror movie I watched. The scary part was when my brother-in-law said, oh my God, you've seen her. At that point, I knew I was not crazy. He told me that several neighbors have seen her, but then she just fades away. That maybe she doesn't know she passed away and she's still here with us. And she's not a bad ghost. Never harmed anyone, just scares people. Well, that's my story. Hope you guys enjoy it. I'll have many more stories if you want to contact me. Oh, and one last thing. My friend read a book that one second is 12 minutes in a dream. So that's why you think you slept a lot, but actually you don't. Oh, there you go. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Very interesting. The minute thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you ever think you could cohabitate with a ghost? Cohabitate? Like, just be happy? Like, just kind of be cool with a ghost? Well, like the little girl. I mean, she's seemed to be a bad thing. She seems to be just, you know, like they said, maybe she doesn't realize she's gone. I think I could if I know that it's like consistently not doing me any harm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think I would avoid too much interaction because I think I'd be a little bit scared. At least for a long time, I would be really scared that it was something else trying to lure me into it. But if it's just doing its own thing and it's letting me do my own thing and neither of us are really interfering with each other, I'm cool with that. Really? I mean, just as long as it's not, like, becoming a freaking-me-out presence or, you know, I, I think it could work. I think we could get along just fine. I think so. Would you? Would you? I don't know that I could ever get used to it. Yeah? I really just can't wrap my mind around that, even with a, you know, a, a little happy presence like that. I don't know that I could just get used to, you know, turning a corner and seeing something there. I don't think I could, like, in present situation, you know, in today's... Mm -hmm. world that we have you know with a family and kids i couldn't deal with that because i'd be too afraid what it would make the you know i think it could bug the kids and freak them out sure but you know 10 years ago when it was just me in an apartment or something i could have dealt with it i think really i think but but looking at you know our world i don't think i would i would want that and I, i think i would probably ask it to leave even if it was good just because or ask it just to not make itself Known, mm-hmm. you know, if anything, because I think that would scare the kids too much. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, or it may make them completely open to ghosts more than anything because they have a ghost friend that they're playing with. Well, I've mentioned huh? my friend yeah. that I have who exactly. has two sons, and and it got to the point in his house where his youngest son would go tell the mom that the little girl won't leave me alone, and yeah. he he only has the two sons, yeah. and there's some presence of a little girl that lives in his house, yeah. but she's become such a, I guess, a part of the family. She, yeah. They've learned to cohabitate with her. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. I don't think I could. That's a, nah, that'd be a bit much. But in your case, with the imaginary friend, no, or that so was you thought. totally fine, but I was a child. But you I didn't, didn't realize it till you were an adult that hey, it was a ghost. Yeah, I didn't so, realize it till we were actually literally recording the show. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I mean, but that's interesting. I mean, it's it's like, okay, so it really wasn't a a negative no. presence or anything like that. Mm-mm. I guess if the ghost took on that form, I'd be cool with it. Until our daughters have revelations when they're in their 30s recording a ghost show with their hubbies. 
Right, that probably won't happen. Right, because that's what I wish for my girls, yes. <laughs> well, you don't wish your girls to, to, to record ghost shows in their no, homes with their husbands? No, that's just for us. They'll have their own interests. <laughs> 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in if you have a real ghost story. Uh, or you can write into us on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Ken writes in, hello, I love your podcast and have an affinity for ghost stories, but haven't had any conclusive experiences myself until one day a few years back, Something odd happened. My father passed away in 2001, and like all children who have had parents die before they grow old, I have many trinkets once owned by them. I've always loved the idea of visiting, of him visiting me, and I'm convinced that he has entered my dreams and embraced me as though he was with us. My brother's, uh, my brother, eight years younger than me, moved to the city where I lived to go to college. When he did, I believed that my dad might have followed him. There was a large pewter buck belt buckle owned by our dad and the basket tucked away on a shelf and forgotten. One day, the belt buckle ended up in the middle of my wife's uh, uh, and I's bed. I just assumed my wife had placed it there for me to put away. Without asking her, I just put it away and forgot to mention it. Days later, I asked her what she's doing with the buckle and she was under the impression that I had placed it on her bed as to wear it. If it wasn't me and wasn't my wife, then it must have been my brother. I yelled down to his room asking what he was doing with the belt buckle, and he had no idea what I was talking about. Our minds immediately assumed it was a pet. We owned two cats and a dog, but when shown the buckle, they seemed not interested and afraid. The buckle weighs almost a half pound, and even on their best day, they'd be hard-pressed to carry it. It's my belief that my father was happy to see my brother and I again united in bonding. This was the only time something like this had happened and remains unexplained. Thanks for reading my story, Ken. That's interesting that the animals seemed afraid of the belt buckle. I think maybe something's attached. Like they could sense Mm -hmm. something. Yeah, you usually get that with animals. Yeah. They can sense bombs and they can sense ghosts. Animals are awesome. They're pretty cool. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. Or you can always write in at Real Ghost Stories Online. Olga writes in, It's not too much of a story. To be honest, when I was younger, about six, I lived on a boat, and I stayed at a friend's yacht overnight and ended up going home crying. As I said, the doll at the end of our bunk beds moved. I put that down to childish imagination, but... When I moved back to the UK and was a teenager, my dad got me a parrot toy that mimics what you say, and a friend stayed over, and we were giggling, making it copy both of us. Uh, Barring uh, in mind, the parrot only recorded what you said for about five seconds. After we got bored and started watching TV, the parrot toy said, Olga and I hate you. This freaked myself out and my friends out, as there was no way my friend could have done it as I was with her all the time. Uh, we had it out to play with. After that night, I put it in my loft. I'm now an adult in my late 20s, and I have five real parrots, a fifth parrot that joined our house I got this year, and he's a lonely bird who came from another home. The only thing he ever says is his name, George, but recently, my Uncle Billy passed away from cancer. And when he did, my parrot said, Billy, for the first and seemingly last time, weirdly, I never mentioned my uncle, and he lived far away, and I wasn't close to him. Not much of a story, I know, but I love listening to your show. UK, or Olga in the UK. Do you think animals can hear what ghosts say, like an EVP almost? That's interesting. Uh, 
I never really thought of it from the perspective of a parrot. Um, but seriously, I mean, if they can, I suppose they could repeat it. Yeah. That's interesting because a lot of times, you know, EVPs are not picked up by humans. It's only picked up on the recording devices. Mm-hmm. But could the animal hear it like plain as day? Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd venture to say so. You know, because my mind just went, well, maybe after the uncle passed away, he was mm-hmm. going around to say goodbye to everybody, you know, in spirit. Yeah. And maybe the parrot picked up on that. You know when uh, animals sometimes just like look up and they're looking around out of nowhere and there's really no noise that woke them up? Uh-huh. Um, and may, sometimes, you know, it's it's really weird when they it acts, they act like they're seeing something. But sometimes they just look around like they heard something. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're just playing. Maybe they're wide awake and they start looking around like they heard something. Maybe they're hearing EVPs all the time. Maybe they are. And they're not always seeing things. Because I think that's more common almost than... Where it looks like they're they're looking at something. Sure. I see more often where they're like looking around like, what the hell was that? And there was no noise. Audible to us. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Interesting thought. I don't know. Andrew writes in, So my tale is not one that I personally experienced. Well, I don't remember experiencing it as I was young. I'm retelling most of the second hand as told to me by my father and aunt. When I was younger, my aunt lived in a neighborhood in Ohio, or Norwood, Ohio, in a big and relatively old house. My father and aunt tell me now about how I would always be playing with someone that wasn't exactly visible to anyone else. But that is just where the story begins. There were countless times where I would walk up the stairs, and all of a sudden the stairs would fill with a kind of smoke or fog that almost completely obstructed our vision. During the trek up the smoky stairs, we'd feel someone or something brush or walk by us, only to reach the top of the stairs with the smoke cleared to turn back to a completely clear, smokeless hallway. We would ask everyone if they just came up or down the stairs, but of course no one had moved from where they were. One of the constants at this house was the three dogs would always go to the attic, which was converted to a bedroom and stare at the center of the ceiling and bark at nothing. There was no ceiling fan or chandelier to catch the dog's attention, only a blank ceiling. Next is the most uh, defining encounter. I was not present at the time, but my cousin was about 14 years of age. At this point, and this is her point of view on it, uh, quote, I was at the kitchen sink doing the dishes when I looked up and saw my mother, my aunt, in her nightgown outside staring at the ground. I thought to myself, what is mom doing outside? And about that time, the lady looked up and I could see her face and saw that it was definitely not my mother. I dropped the dishes and ran upstairs to my mom's room where she was and told her what had happened. We went back downstairs to find no one in the backyard and when I told her that she was wearing her nightgown, my mother said, that's impossible. I just had it cleaned and put it away not five minutes before you came upstairs. I don't believe her. It made her show me, and when she took it out of the bag, it was completely stained and had a horrible stench. She'd washed the nightgown numerous times, and neither the stains nor the smell would come out. My aunt still has the closet to this day wrapped in plastic, still stained and still smelly. The last and final story I have now is about the same aunt's father-in-law. He recently passed away from, or passed away after moving in with her from Florida. 
at which time my aunt sold his house at a private auction around three to four months after he passed she gets a strange call from florida looking for the people that sold the house this shocked her as it was a private auction and they weren't supposed to have their information given out the current homeowner tells of how when sitting in the deck the table will move a good four feet with no wind blowing as well as his son finding his dad and saying who was that big bearded man to which the homeowner would run to the boy's room where he would smell thick tobacco smoke from a pipe a favorite of my aunt's father-in-law well that's all the stories i can think of for now thank you for uh, reading and if there are any other listeners that live in a house in norwood ohio experiencing similar things right in so i can hear them i know you've experienced it too love your show all right what is up with the gown with the stench and the stain I don't know. Why would you keep it? I don't know. I'd be thinking that's that's going. I'm not even going to goodwill it. I'm trashing it. That'd be one to, uh, to give us some paranormal investigators and see what they can, or some or some sort of something to get tested. Mm-hmm. What's going on with like what is what is the stain and and what is the stench? You know, chemically coming right. like what is what is it based off of? Especially if she had just had it cleaned and put it away, and mm-hmm. that's that's really kind of creepy. I was going to ask you, because he was talking about the imaginary friend here yes. at the beginning, where it's kind of a secondhand account um, or of his parents telling him what was uh, going on. Did you tell your mom about what your your kind of revelation on the ghost boy? I did, because my mom is probably the only person in the world other than you that would understand. Did she tell you anything else interesting about it? Like, was there anything added to the story where she'd be like... Yeah, it was kind of weird now that I look back on it, though, you know, like you did this or did that or said this or said that. No, I mean, she she just said she remembered me playing all the time with him, just just as if a real child were there. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, my mom kind of had a similar experience, so it was not far fetched at all for her to believe that. What was she thinking, though, when you were that age? Was she thinking you were actually seeing someone or was she thinking it was just a. An imaginary friend. Probably just an imaginary friend, because I don't think she realized until she was an adult that her imaginary friend was also a ghost. Okay. Um, And the reason she knows that is because she's actually seen him since she's been an adult. Sure. But I've not seen mine again, Um, so mine may or may not be. I kind of think he might have been. Yeah. But no, she never really thought much of it. I mean, and, and everybody in my family knew that I had this imaginary friend. Because sure. I would talk about him and say what we were up to. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. might, even distant family, knew about what his name was and everything. Wow. So he was very much a part of my life. Sure. And he was not a secret. I never kept him a secret. Yeah, cool. He was very real. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I was wondering if there was anything that was, you know, could have been added or you kind of look back on that as a parent going... Yeah, okay. That was a little more than, I guess, normal, but, you know. I don't know. I'll ask her. Yeah. I just wonder if she has any observations on that. 855-853-4802. Here's the phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. Uh, or go to our website at realghoststoriesonline.com to share your real ghost story. We would absolutely love to uh to hear them let's go to another one this one comes to us from amy jade it says when i was a young child probably around five years old i would visit another little girl who lived a few houses away 
from my nan. I went there a couple times once and was in her bedroom and her door opened outwards instead of inwards. And I was rummaging through her toys and came across a pink princess wand. As little kids, we had big imaginations, so I opened her door and we both sat in on the floor and she sat behind me and I pointed at the door and I said, uh, I wish this door would close and the door actually began to shut. I jumped back, I got up, looked at the other bedroom. No one was about there. Her parents were downstairs, so I went back to the bedroom, sat down and did a a few more times. That scared the hell out of me. But at a young age, I didn't think anything of it. It was a pink magic wand, after all. Then, at the age of 13 until 16, I went to visit my friend's flat every day, and I told him that his flat is haunted by a little girl, and he does not believe in ghosts or anything. So, one night, I stopped over on the couch, and he went to bed. I heard this loud crashing sound in the kitchen. I thought it was him, but he was in bed. So, he woke up in the morning and said, Amy, did you do this? I said, what? Getting off the sofa to investigate, there was an empty box of cereal and a bowl on the floor lined up together in the hallway. I would often walk down the hallway and something feels like it's snagging my pants or pulled my t-shirt or tapping on me on the shoulder. You turn around and nothing is there. I'm sure ghosts used to follow me, though, because I would walk in the middle of town and something pulled my trousers. I turn around and nothing was there time I was in school at the age of 15, we would hear ghost stories that my school was haunted by the white lady, but I'd never seen her. Then when I was 16, at my mom's house, I believe that was haunted both by my mom's, both both my mom's cats, which sit in the doorway, watching the kitchen for a long time. Even my dad had seen a big black shadow go across the kitchen floor and thought it was our dog. Then he had seen it again, and he was like, wow, what the hell? I once went into the kitchen and had seen this black shadow go under the sink. I thought it was my mom's cat, but nothing was there. My dad was doing the washing up and had seen this black shadow at the side of him and flew across the kitchen and disappeared later that night. My brother came back home, went into the kitchen to get a drink, and had also seen this black shadow shoot from the kitchen into the dining room and disappear into the fireplace. My dog was sleeping in my bedroom. And she woke me up in the middle of the night, barking at the wall. I used to wake up in the house, staring into the darkness. Then went back to sleep. Once I went downstairs, it was all pitch black. I went to the dining room and had seen the black figure right in front of me. Before I turned the lights on, it was right up close to my face. That actually scared me. I also used to help my mom clean up the rugby club. That place was haunted as uh, was haunting to me. And my dad was vacuuming up where he was uh, placing uh, the same plug socket and vacuuming up the same area. And he turned off the vacuum. Mine was still running, and mine would go off, and his would come back on again. We would just look at each other as he was also vacuuming. And the reflection of a, on a glass cabinet he had seen, a black figure peeking through the door that leads to the shower and the locker rooms. He refused to go in there, bring me uh, and then would bring me again I was vacuuming up near the door and something had drawn me into the shower room as soon as I went near the door something dragged me back and my gut instinct told me not to go in there so I got out of there fast as I can also uh, see from some pictures that were taken Uh, and in one of them was a clean white fuzzy orb in the corner of the shower room 
And that's all. I'm going to read more of this story because it goes on and on and there's no periods and I can't continue to read this because it I, I'm sorry. I can't continue. On. Okay. I was lost. I, it, it jumped around a it's lot. It's like ADD ghost story. <laughs> it is. I'm sorry, whoever wrote that. I was very confused because it just seemed like it jumped from one thing to another very fast. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I can't continue on with that. If you want to write in a ghost story, I greatly appreciate it. But end your sentences, please. Use a little bit of grammar. Uh, and there was a lot of ad-libbing there. I was trying to make sense of the letter. Um I'm sorry. I can't. No, that's okay. And I'm just going to say that because uh, I love getting your stories and your letters. But please, uh, if you're going to write in, uh, I'm only going to read them back if if they can be uh, written legibly and and uh, have some sort of sense to them. Not every sentence ending in dot dot dot, uh, or just no end of the sentence at all. <laughs> so, but it sounded like she had some good things to say. I just wish. Yeah. I wish we knew a little bit more and 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 not so much at the same time <laughs> yeah it was like and then this happened and then that happened and this happened and this happened it's kind of like um it's kind of like our seven-year-old telling us a story <laughs> let's go on to another one all right let me grab another ghost story here 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in if you have a real ghost story that you would like to share with us or you can always write in on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Let me just get this next story here, and we can read it. This one comes into us from Amanda. Amanda writes, And I've always been sensitive to otherworldly beings, even from a young age. While I've not had too many experiences with hauntings living in the Midwest, my travels abroad have proved to be fruitful if you will. The story I would like to tell is from my recent trip to Italy. I spent five weeks uh, in the Marquet region of Italy, an area well known for its medieval villages and hilltop castles. During my stay, I lived with my two friends, one guy and one girl, in a split-level house. The landlords lived at the bottom level, and we lived on the top level. From the moment we entered the apartment, we all had a weird feeling about the place. The first ghostly event happened the second night of our stay. My guy friend had his own room, and he told uh, us to... He woke up around 3 a.m., completely paralyzed. While he could only blink his eyes, he could not move or speak. He heard what sounded like a chain or a necklace clanging on the metal bedpost behind him. After three or four clangs, he felt his pillow sink and his head began to roll back. He then felt an icy hand push his head back to its original position. The last thing he heard before the activity ceased was a child whisper and snicker. The scariest experience I had was a few weeks later. We were in a small town for an opera program, and we all had long schedules that often didn't line up with each other, meaning one of us, usually me, was at home alone for an hour or so. I returned home after class one afternoon while my roommates remained at the theater. I walked into the bedroom to change my clothes for my rehearsal later when I noticed something strange. In my room, there were two windows, one large window by my bed that faced out to the street and a small window near my roommate's bed that faced a wall near the side of our house. We never opened the shutters, windows, or curtains on this window since there was no view from that window. When I walked into the room, I noticed the curtain was open halfway. I thought it was strange, but thought maybe one of my roommates had opened it. When I went to rehearsal later, I asked both of them, and neither of them had been near that window. I was the last to wake up every morning and last to leave that part of the apartment. We all sort of laughed about it, blaming 
uh, the ghost. But things got very scary when we returned home. All three of us returned to the house around 9 p.m. that night. When I went to the bedroom to show them the curtain, I screamed and ran out because the window had been opened completely. The window was securely fastened from the day we moved in, so naturally, this caused alarm. Later that night, after my roommate and I calmed down and went to bed, my other roommate stayed up to Skype a friend. On the other room, he told us he heard a door squeaking and went to check it out. Our bedroom door, which we always latch fully closed at night, was moving back and forth about three or four centimeters. Eddie told us that he watched it do this for about a minute before it closed and then latched shut. As he started to walk away, he said the door opened again the same amount as before. And he began, and it began to move again in the same way. He said this continued for about 15 minutes before it finally latched shut again. The following morning, my roommate woke up early to take a shower. While she was in the bathroom, I heard the bedroom door close. And within 30 seconds, the voice whispered, Hey, in my ear, thinking it was Eddie trying to freak me out. I sprung up and turned around, but I was alone in the room. And the door was latched completely shut. I ran out of the room, heard my roommate in the shower, and looked toward Eddie's room. He was fast asleep. Needless to say, I'll be taking some sage with me next time I travel abroad. Okay, I have a question. Mm -hmm. If you're traveling abroad and you experience a haunting and they say something to you, can you automatically understand? Is it, I mean... If it's in a different language? Right, right. I mean, I'm assuming whatever was haunting the place in Italy would probably have spoken Italian. I mean, I know that's a that's an assumption. Unless the ghost uh, had been using Rosetta Stone. Okay, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> no, that. No, that's a good question. I've wondered about that. No, I'm assuming you would probably be speaking Italian, so all, you probably, all this one said, hey. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, do they, is it a, a, a mental translation thing? Are you, are you? I don't know. I would say in most cases, no. I would say in most cases, if you're going to hear the spirit or the ghost, it's not going to be speaking your native language. Okay. It would be speaking, unless it's a demonic spirit, which, which then, that's their pay. I think we may have just come across something. If you are in a foreign country, and the ghost, and it's a, in a foreign country where the native language is well spoken and that's the main language that's spoken in that country and it's mm-hmm. not your language sure if that uh language is uh what the ghost or if you're hearing or experiencing a ghostly presence and it's speaking to you in your language i would think that might be a demonic spirit trying to communicate with you okay. if it's communicating in its native language in italian or whatever country you're in I would think maybe that's more so a human-esque origina- originating ghost. Okay. Because here's also where I'm coming from on that. We just recently did a show where we um, had a, a caller that was a medium who she saw the, the ghost of the Japanese fellow who passed away. Yeah. And she could understand what he was trying to relay because she said it was thought to thought. Because she's a medium. Sure. So I didn't know if... That might be the exception. Okay. 
okay. where it's like emotion or thought to thought. Mm-hmm. That's been that's almost like data transfer, and yeah. that's how I think of it. Okay, you know, I just didn't know if they can haunt you in your language or just in theirs. I don't. <laughs> I obviously don't know the real answer to any of this. I know, but but, but based on the stories that we've heard, and and you know. It's my educated guess. Okay. I mean, that's what I would think. I mean, what do you mean? Does it sound logical? Is what I'm saying sound remotely logical? I think so. Because I was starting to think it was some kind of demonic presence. Yeah. I mean, like I I said, if it's starting to speak your own language and trying to attract you, and it would probably be trying to speak your language because that's knowing, you know, if it can take the form of a loved one, Mm -hmm. I can probably take the form of any language that's out there. Although I think the creepiest type of ghost would be one that's like speaking Latin or something like that. That would be... Really? Yeah. Just because they think, you know, that's kind of the old church and... and, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, if anybody's had a ghost haunt them in another language... Let us know. Yeah, that'd be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Huh. You know, you'd almost think, too, like in early America, where you have the ghosts that are haunting these old, old buildings, a lot of them were probably first-generation Americans. Probably spoke, for the most part, their native language, you know, whether it be, you know, German or Italian or French or Norwegian Dutch. or Dutch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I'm surprised we don't have more foreign-speaking language ghosts. See, I I just... Or has that, that generationally gone back too far? I don't know. It was just something I was thinking about. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. It really is. Anybody have any insight in that? Let us know. Uh, phone number is 855-853-4802. Or you can, of course, write into us on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. All right, if you like the show, give us some love out there on iTunes. Uh, Some stars, some positive reviews. That would be greatly appreciated. Stitcher, YouTube, same deal. Uh, We'd really appreciate uh, some positive reviews. Uh, That helps our show grow. It helps more people know about us. And in turn, it brings you more great ghost shows every single week. Greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. We thank you in advance for all of that. So, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thank you for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Online.